Papa. Can you say, I love you? I love you. I love you too. Good job. How do we normally start these? Welcome to a new episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. All right. <laughs> Another episode. Woohoo! This is so exciting because we are almost at 25,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, thank you guys so much for following us over on Hot Marriage Cool Parents on the Instagram page. We are going to have a giveaway for you. So if you're not already following us there, then you might want to because it's going to be a good giveaway when we reach 25K. What is it? It's a secret, Doug. Oh, can you whisper it? It's a secret. <laughs> that's funny. I'm going to actually put you on the spot. Okay. Since you may have some knowledge about this show, how many seasons of The Bachelor slash Bachelorette have there been? Oh my God. Well, I was on season 16 of The Bachelor and that was eons ago. So I'm going to go ahead and assume 26. Close. Really? 23 seasons of The Bachelor. That's it. 14 seasons of The Bachelorette. The 15th season begins May 13th and then five seasons of Bachelor in Paradise plus two other spinoffs over the years. Two um, other spinoffs. One of them was Bachelor Pad, which I was on. Yeah, you were. It's <laughs> funny that they don't even <laughs> mention they don't Bachelor mention that. Pad. Pretty sure that, no joke, this is kind of like insider info, but I'm yeah. pretty sure they were sued for Bachelor Pad, which is why really? they had to change it from Bachelor Pad to Bachelor in Paradise, because the theory is that Jesse Sinsack, who is a previous contestant, had the idea for Bachelor Pad. Oh, that's yeah. right. And so he took the idea to Mike Fleiss and the guys who run The Bachelor, and they took the idea from him. And so he, this is all, by the way, not necessarily true, but this is all hearsay that he sued them for stealing his idea. And either they settled, I don't know what happened, but they were no longer able to continue with Bachelor Pad and they started Bachelor in Paradise. Huh. And turns out good for them because Bachelor in Paradise is doing great. So yeah. well, it looks like they're going to have another one. So now from those seasons, how many couples remain? Oh, I don't know. Why are we doing this? Because there was a news article that came out about Bachelor Nation and super couples. Oh, okay. So, so how many power couples remain as of now? Whenever I tell people like, oh, Married at First Sight has way more successful couples than Bachelor. But it turns that, out it's not true. Turns out that's a lie. No, there I don't are know. There 23 I... power couples that remain. No way. At least as of now. 23? So why am I bringing this up? Yeah, really. Why okay. are you bringing this up? So Who cares? There's a E! News article, Bachelor Nation Couple Tournament. Which current pair from The Bachelor and its spinoffs deserves the winning rose? So I think it's a tournament pretty much. It's who do people like the most? Yeah. And that's, I hate that because it's like, that's just so rude. Like I remember for our season, season one of Married at First Sight, it was always like, which couple are you rooting for? Are you rooting for Doug and Jamie or Courtney and Jason or, yeah. or Monet and Vaughn? That's life. Yeah. I don't think that's cool though. It's like, you know, inevitably. People look for people to relate to. So yeah, they I know. like certain couples. They but find like, them inspiring. If everybody rooted for us, then I would be like kind of sad for the other couples. And if nobody rooted Why? for us, then I was sad for us. And it's like, Why? Can't we all just win? No. No, this is the terrible political correctness time. People, not everybody deserves a trophy. Not every kid deserves a trophy. People need to learn how to strive for something. There's winners and there's not winners. All right. I don't want to say losers, but not Dictator every kid Doug. should get a trophy. People oh. are better than other people in some cases. And those that strive and those that inspire should be Okay, well, I think that maybe for sport, Doug. You know what I'm saying? Whoa, chill. 
I think get off your dictator. I'm not a dictator. I'm just saying that it's a bizarre thought to think that people should like everybody. I'm not saying that people should like everybody, but what I'm saying is that maybe in sports, you know, there should be one winner. But when it comes to people in just relationships and, you know, society, there's no reason to pair people up against each other or pin people up against each other. It's like, we can all be friends. That's not what you they're can saying. sit with me and we can all grow together. But that's not what they're saying. They're saying who likes who the most or who's the, that the is, biggest power. But they're, it's not, they're, they're pairing them against each other. No, no, they're not. It's the public yes, they vote. Are, Doug. They're voting on the power couple. How is that pinning them against each other? Pinning, not pairing. Okay, let's just agree to disagree and move on. Okay. Why are we talking well, about the Bachelor? They're set to battle it out in the May tournament, which starts today. In the end, we will determine once and for all which pair is really Bachelor Nation's favorite. I think that's so stupid. I like them all. I don't even know them all. I know. How do you know you like them all? Because I like everybody, unless they're a jerk. You don't like Evan Bass and Carly Waddle. Yes, I do. I love them. Oh, you do? I don't even know It's not Waddle either. It's Waddle. Oh, Tanner Tolbert and Jade Roper. You know I love them. Yep. They were on. I'm going to vote for them. I'm voting for Carly and Jade. And not their you husbands. You can't vote for everyone. I'm voting for Carly <laughs> and Jade and not Tanner and Evan. Oh, okay. Girl power. <laughs> That's All right. Awesome. Come on, Doug. Let's move on. This is silly. All right. Well, the other news article that I saw was something that I think hits close to home to you. Maybe not hits close to home, but it was something that had to do with a baby being dropped in the ER. This was an Arizona couple that is now coming out. They had a baby in February, twins. And the father was taking a video of the newborn baby. And when they grabbed the baby, the baby did a flip out of the doctor's hand, which was very athletic on the baby's part, and then landed on its side. It landed on its side. I saw this clip. Landed on its side, almost fell onto the ground. But they caught it. If I was the dad in that room, I would be absolutely furious. I thought it was weird how all of you guys like how you handle the baby. I know it's a, a rush and you know get them mucus and I don't know I don't know they have I'm saying I don't know I don't know a third of maybe a tenth of what you guys do. Will you let me talk? Labor and delivery. I'm just saying that it looks barbaric. Okay. So this is the way they handle a baby. Doug. I'm going to keep talking over. I'm just kidding. Okay. This is the thing with the labor and delivery room. First things first, let me go back to the article that I saw also where the doctor drops the baby on his head slash back and then proceeds to pick him up. And this is the thing is that it was clearly a C-section. I can just tell based on the room that they were in. So typically with twins, you'd be in the OR anyways. So I guess I can't necessarily tell because it could have been, but it looked like they were in the OR. The doctor, it was like a NICU doctor at the baby warmer. Would the husband be allowed in with a camera if it's a C-section? Yeah. Not during the procedure, but you're usually allowed to take a picture of the baby at the warmer afterwards. So that's all very normal. I don't think that video was supposed to happen. I don't think you're supposed to take a video. And this is probably why, because now it's national news that the doctor dropped the baby on its head slash back and it almost fell right under the floor. But thankfully there was a skilled doctor or nurse. I'm going to go with nurse because I'm a nurse and it's nurses week. Skilled nurse from saving the baby from dropping on the floor. No, but in all seriousness though, the way that they hold a baby and kind of, as you said earlier, manhandled babies, it's not like they're manhandling them. First of all, you have gloves on. So your hands are slippery. The baby's filled with mucus. 
mucus and is so slimy because it just came out of a belly full of amniotic fluid, which is basically like the most slippery water you can imagine. And that's the exact reason why we kind of grab them and rub them. There's a lot happening in the first like two minutes after the baby's born. First of all, their slimy as can be filled with mucus. Their lungs are filled with mucus. We've got to make sure that we, you know, stimulate them by rubbing them with dry towels that are warm and get their lungs flowing. So we're trying to get them to cry so they can clear out their lungs. I mean, there's all these things happening all at once. And then I can't say that I've ever dropped a baby. Thank God, knock on wood. But, you know, I could see how that could happen. Not in a neglectful way, but in a, I'm trying to make sure this baby's okay. I'm mm-hmm. stimulating it. I'm trying it. I'm assessing it. And holy moly, it just like wiggled right out of my hands. Thank God for nurses though. I'm yeah. almost certain that was probably a nurse who kept that baby from falling to the floor. And like there I said, was a couple of them. I'm not really sure, but I would imagine that there's slip ups every once in a while. You know, you can't always be perfect. Obviously I think where, well, this is where the doctor messed up though, is because the doctor they didn't apologize. Yeah, the doctor. So the dad says that was the whole reason for the story. I think was because this happened in February. They just posted it because the doctor was just like, "Eh, yeah, it's just a thing that happens. The doctor probably crapped his pants when he realized that that was caught on video. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the best thing he could have done was said, "I'm so sorry. I was working so hard to make sure your baby was safe." But instead, apparently, the doctor just kind of like brushed it off as if it was nothing. Mm -hmm. And that indeed is not nothing. And someone dropped Henley, I would have a heart attack, even if I knew all Mm -hmm. the reasons why. Obviously, I know that I work in labor and delivery. I know that that's a possibility and I know exactly why it might happen. And I, I would know it's a completely an accident, but still I deserve an apology and yeah. I would still freak out. Well, anything that happens with the baby too, any possible little side effect, you'd be like, well, you dropped him on his head. Thankfully, the baby seems to be okay. Yeah. I mean, interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting article. And honestly, I think the doctor, the only fault that the doctor has is that he didn't say sorry. I mean, and here's a little PSA. If you drop a baby, say you're sorry. Like, be proactive about dropping a baby. Own it. Own up to it. Yeah, Just apologize say, immediately. Come say on you're now. A, say you're a baby doctor. I mean, a baby dropper. Admit that. <laughs> that you could only grow from there. And... Just in case there are any videos, you took the initiative to say you're sorry. Yeah. Call yourself out on it. Don't yeah. let them make you come yeah. down and hunt you and say, you dropped my baby yeah. on his head. Not only that, but you should owe at least five years of birthday presents. Yeah. I'm saying and that right now. Maybe give a few thousand dollars towards. Not a thousand. I'm just saying if you're yeah. a baby dropper. I was going to say towards the college tuition, you okay, know. That's fair. Because, I mean, he's a doctor. I'm sure he can afford a couple thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Say, okay, listen, I'm sorry I dropped you on your head. Here's a thousand dollars towards your college fund. I don't know what's happening in Arizona, but last week you had the daycare from Arizona with the kid with the bite marks, and now this time there's an Arizona baby doctor, baby dropping doctor. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's Arizona, Doug. Yeah. I know. I think you're now being stereotypical. To all you baby droppers out there, <laughs> <laughs> apologize. <laughs> apologize now. In a lighter uh, note, we on have... On a lighter note, no, wait a second. Oh, go Prince ahead. Harry and Meghan Markle had their baby. No, Royal- Amy Schumer had a baby. Well, that's true, too. But Meghan Markle, well, the thing about her that caught my attention is that her dad and her are estranged, and he said a really... I don't think I have the quote to pull it up, but mm. maybe... I, I think it's weird they don't have a baby name yet. That's our baby, and right? You want to introduce the guest while I go do Henley? Our daughter's crying right now. So Douglas is going to step away. This is a story for life. Love it. I'm pretty sure that we need to change our podcast room. I was literally just saying this before we hopped on this, is that we need to change our podcast room to like our bedroom or downstairs, any place other than the wall next to our daughter's nursery, because every single time we're podcasting, she wakes up. So, and 
word to the wise. And for me, for myself, for baby number two, whenever God blesses us with that baby is we are not going to make it so quiet. We're not going to have sound machines. We're going to let this kid hear all the noises so that hopefully he or she will sleep all night long, regardless of how many noises, you know, she hears. But anyways, we have the most exciting guest, especially if you're a Married at First Sight fan, because Kate Sisk from the most recent season of Married at First Sight, her and Jasmine McGriff are going to be joining us. And, you know, I get to talk to them a lot on Unfiltered and I get to really dig out some questions that we have for them. But now that it's all over, I I still have more questions. I mean, I have so many questions, like, for example, what's happening now? So like, are Kate and Luke still talking? Do Jasmine and Will still talk? Are they dating? Are they trying to get married again? Like, what is going on in their lives now that they're back to like their normal life? I mean, it's crazy because I fly out to begin shooting the next season of Married at First Sight Unfiltered in just a couple weeks. And it's like, I'm still hooked on last season. Like, I have to figure this out. And what's really exciting, we had them on the podcast and no joke, in the middle of the podcast, Kate reveals this huge surprise. I mean, ginormous surprise. I had no idea. I wasn't expecting it to come. And so I said, well, can I reveal this surprise on the podcast? Is that allowed? And she was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And I was like, oh my God, this is exciting. I love getting surprises. I absolutely love surprises. So anytime I can give you guys listening a surprise, it just makes me so happy. It like literally like tickles my heart. Like I get so excited. So I hope you're excited for your surprise from Kate Sisk on Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. It's a good one too. I mean, she's definitely someone who is like an onion and if you have to peel back the layers to get to know her more because she's not necessarily upfront with with everything she has to say. But when you start asking questions and she starts opening up, you're like, wow, like there's so much more to her than what just meets the eye. And Jasmine's awesome because she's a powerhouse that will literally tell you everything right up front and you don't have to peel anything back because she's like, here girl, let me tell you. So I love them both. And while Doug is putting Henley to sleep, back to sleep, I should say, I will get Jasmine and Kate on the podcast. And one thing that if you have like a second to send out a prayer for me, I'm going to see the hemorrhoid doctor this week and not for nothing. I mean, this is definitely TMI, but I just think that if women would have told me ahead of time that the hemorrhoid wouldn't go away after birth, that maybe I would have had it taken care of earlier, but I was expecting this hemorrhoid to go away. It like magically appeared while I was pregnant. And then, you know, now it's been almost two years. Henley will be two in August. And this hemorrhoid is the most disgusting thing on my body and it is not disappearing magically all by itself. So... I am going to see the doctor. So I don't know what this is going to entail, but if you want to send a prayer and some positive vibes my way that the hemorrhoid is removed eloquently and efficiently and painlessly, I would appreciate it (laughs) for sure. And if you have had hemorrhoids, please make me feel better and share your story with me or not. You don't have to. This sounds like a really crappy conversation. Yeah, it really is actually. It's disgusting. This is the most disgusting conversation we've had on the podcast. Mm, great. Thank you for sharing. Have you ever had a hemorrhoid, Doug? Never. You never had a hemorrhoid? Mm-mm. I oh. saw yours, though. You saw my hemorrhoid? <laughs> yeah. When did you see my hemorrhoid? I check at night when you sleep. What? You weirdo. <laughs> you you creep. I've seen it in passing. In passing? Yeah. How? I don't know. Like, like times when you're naked. For real? Yeah. Like when I'm just standing. You can't see when I'm just Not when you're up. just standing there, but when, you know, there's action happening. Action? Like mm-hmm. when we're having sex? Yeah. <gasps> What? Yeah. I feel like it's more common than people think. Probably not Are you to, not grossed out by it? I try not to look at it. I don't stare at it. But Oh my God, Doug. You know, it's there. It's part of you. Ew. Wait, does it turn you off? <gasps> does it seem like it turns me off? 
Well, I don't know. Does it? No. Well, I don't have to like like touch it or look at it, really. But you did. Yeah, I saw it. It wasn't anything. I mean, I got molds on my face. What what, do you mean? (laughs) What does it look like, Doug? Seriously. I I don't really know what it looks like. It's kind of weird. It almost looks like popcorn. What? Yeah, it looks like a... Oh, my God. Like if you had a piece of popcorn and then you stepped on it on the floor, like that's what it looks like. Ew. I'm going to literally... This is way TMI, but I am now going to put a mirror at my tush and look at it. Do not do that. Why? Because you'll start to play with it. I know it. Ew, Douglas, I will not. (laughs) I cannot wait to get this thing removed. Who are we having on the podcast today? (laughs) Yeah, okay. So let's get Kate and Jasmine on the podcast now. Greatest segue ever. Yeah. (laughs) Kate and Jasmine, come on down. Oh my gosh. Let's get this party started. We've got Jasmine McGriff and Kate Sisk from Married at First Sight Season 8 in the house. Two crazy people, just as crazy as us. We're allowed to say that because we got married at first sight too. (laughs) All right. So just for the record, Kate and Jasmine spent the night last night and we had Stephanie and AJ over as well. They'll come on the podcast soon. But I just want to let you guys know that Kate does shower. She doesn't drink as much wine as me, so she can't be that bad of an alcoholic. (laughs) And Miss Jasmine is still adamant about finding a man that's going to protect the home and 50-50 is still off the tables. We're just going to put that out there right now. (laughs) What's a good split? I think a good split is probably... 70-30, 70-30, although Steve Harvey said 85-15. Hmm. We all need a Steve Harvey mm-hmm. in our life. Mm-hmm. I don't see how Steve Harvey spends any time at home anyway, because he's on a million shows. He is on a million shows. But I, I do agree. I think that any guy that says 50-50, I mean, that's what I did with my college friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I first bought a house with my best friend, Tim, we split everything 50-50. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. I agree with the roommate thing. It sounds more like roommates than it would be love and marriage and protecting the home. So I think I always think about the future. So I just think about when you have kids and naturally women are caregivers. So we're going to be doing everything for the kids, running around with the kids. And I think that if you are splitting 50-50 when you have children, you'll be exhausted because you'll feel like your husband isn't doing anything just naturally because we'll be like their primary caregiver. Well, I feel like if things change, like for example, my sister's here also and they're watching our daughter, Gracie. Thank you, Amy. I love you. (laughs) But I know that they make almost the same amount. So at that point, it's like, okay, well then, you know, he's still a man. He just doesn't make as much. That's okay. I'm like, girl, I am so effing proud of my sister because, you know, we came from like the trailer park and this girl's making as much her husband now and I'm like I just love that there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that either but it's nice when a man protects the home nurtures and Mm -hmm. my husband yesterday he was spackling we had a hole in the bathroom like from changing the toilet holder toilet paper holder thing Mm -hmm. and he was spackling (laughs) anyways okay we want to talk about dun 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 Kate (laughs) all right What do you want to know? (laughs) Okay, so we threw it out on my Instagram yesterday. I was like, okay, we're going to have Kate and Jasmine on. What do you guys want to know? And anybody who left a comment on my Instagram post, girl, I got you. Get ready for it. First things first, I think a lot of people want to know, you know, how did you hear about Married at First Sight and what made you sign up for Married at First Sight? 
to be honest, I never watched the show until I heard about it. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but I was contacted on Instagram by a casting agent and they said it was a docu-series on dating. And I was like, oh, that sounds good. I hate dating in Philadelphia. I would love to talk about this. And then I had a call with them. They're like, it's actually Married at First Sight. And I was like, hey, well, this sounds kind of good too. Like the ultimate goal of dating is to be married. And they said there's experts that are going to match you up with whatever you're looking for. And I just kind of went with the flow and went all in. That's wild. I don't think it's crazy to say that because we were also called way back from season one. We were called, right, Doug? Yeah. And they waited until the very end to tell us it was married at first sight. It was a love experiment in the beginning. <laughs> but I know that in preparation for the show, they scour everything, social media, websites, anybody that has like little casting stuff, they get a whole mix along with people now liking the show and applying themselves. I mean, I think that it takes a lot to apply to be married at first sight. Did you apply, Jasmine? I applied. <laughs> My friend sent me the link and I watched your season. I watched the first season, but then I kind of fell off. Like I would catch it here and there through the other seasons. I didn't even realize it was going to be an eighth season. And so um, my friend sent it to me. I applied and they contacted me. I want to say maybe like a week later and then scheduled the interviews, phone interviews and Skype. And I never thought it was real. Like I never thought I would get picked because I was just like, well, this is probably like, I didn't think that it was legit, but I was just like, okay, let me just go to the casting call. And then it just went on from there. Yeah. So when you were going through the process, was there at any point where you almost dropped out? Both of you? For me, yes. So, you know, the process was months long. So wait a second for everyone listening, girl, I got you. Can you explain what the process is? Cause maybe some people who are listening don't even know what married at first sight is. Yeah. So can you explain what your guys's process was like? Cause I also think it was different than Doug's and mine way back on season one. How do you know just girls listen? <laughs> Boy friend, I got you too. <laughs> <laughs> so it took a couple months. Initially, there's a phone call interview and then they schedule a Skype interview within like a couple of days later. And then it's almost like waiting. I think they're like finishing up the previous season that they're doing. And then you meet in person for a callback and they do some interviews there. Then if they want to see you again, you'll be back the next week. There was two very long psychological evals that we had to fill out. We had to meet with a psychiatrist. We have to, of course, meet with the experts individually. And I think from there, it's kind of like a waiting game. And this was a couple months process. So in the beginning, I didn't think it was like that serious. So I started dating this guy. What? Yes. And he taught and he went away to California to teach. And we still were in contact. And then when he came back, it was kind of like flaky a little bit. So that was in August. It was like right around my birthday. And they didn't call me until the end of August. But had we been good, I don't think I would have continued. What happened with him, though? Like, he just, I don't know. He just became like kind of sketchy on me. Uh, like, he, he's like, I think I heard about this girl. She's going on <laughs> married at first sight and she's dating me too. What? I don't know. He just kind of fell off and was being weird. And he took a couple of days to like call me and respond. And I just was like, I'm done. That's dating in Philadelphia. Yes. Yes, that is dating in Philly. That is exactly. Well, speaking of dating, Kate, the very end, the reunion, you said you had a new boyfriend. What's up with that? 
so a week after decision day, this guy that I knew for a few years DM'd me on Instagram and asked if I wanted to catch up. And I was like, sure, I'd love to. And he didn't know about me being on the show at all or that I had been married or whatever. But I decided to go out with him and we hung out for a couple months and it was a lot of fun. But he had also just gotten out of a relationship and I don't think he was ready. I think that it was like a rebound or just like kind of like company after a serious relationship. I did like him, but in the end, I really don't think either one of us was really ready to get into something else. Mm -hmm. What happened with the most recent guy? The one that didn't like this most recent guy you were telling me? Or okay, yeah. Do you want to hear what actually happened? Let's hear what oh, actually fine. happened. Oh, this is the unfiltered of unfiltered. <laughs> so he and I had this triple date planned and he was going to meet my brother that night and his girlfriend and two of my closest friends. And it was a triple date and I was really excited about it. And just one hour before we were supposed to leave, he texted me and said he got some really bad news. And I was like, oh no, what's going on? But at the same time, I was like, this is kind of sketch. I'm not like trusting about this. So I called him immediately so he couldn't like make up anything weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I said, so what happened? Are you okay? Like, what's the bad news? And he's like, well, I just found out that my ex-girlfriend is moving in with her new boyfriend. And I was like, what? <laughs> you can't go on a date with me because you're sad about your ex-girlfriend? So oh, my God. I was like, I can't. So that was the end of that. So you <laughs> kicked him right to the curb. Yes. Has I he can. tried to contact you again? I mean, he texted me a couple of times after watching the show yeah. saying some things about Luke, but... <laughs> Let's yeah. hear it. What did he yeah. say about Luke? <laughs> I think a lot of people said a is, lot. Is of he trying to get like redeeming brownie points? <laughs> I don't know. He's just like, oh, I'm watching this show, and I just me and my roommates we just don't like this guy Luke at all. And you're like, yeah, me either. I get it. <laughs> Speaking of Luke, that was one of the questions that our friends put out on my Instagram. They commented. So Mrs. Morrison RN, which if she's an RN, props to you, girl. Register nurses. Uh, I feel ya. It's a lot of work. Okay. Anyways, she said, what's the real story with Luke? Do you think Luke's gay? I don't know if Luke knows Luke's story. And I think that's why everybody is confused, including myself. And that's why everybody still has these questions. Like I get stopped on the street. Hey, you're from that show. Is Luke gay? And I'm <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know what's going on with him. Eventually you will get past the is Luke gay question. <laughs> That'll start because I'm sure that's the number one question that comes out for every single person from your season. Even Jasmine gets the question. Yeah, Yeah, everybody. Stephanie and AJ last night were saying all that all everyone wants to know is, is Luke gay? Which, okay, devil's advocate over here. It kind of breaks my heart because this is what Kate, you and I were talking about at like 3 a.m. last night (laughs) while I was like, drank way more wine than her. But anyways, it kind of breaks my heart because Jasmine and I were just out on Benadryl. Yeah, Jasmine has allergies and we have two dogs. That didn't go over well. (laughs) I had a Benadryl buddy last night. (laughs) Yeah, so think about if he is really gay and he's like unsure of his own identity, I guess. It would break my heart that the whole world is calling him out on it and like judging him. But in the same exact sentence, I think of why would he treat someone so poorly then? And also, why would you sign up to marry a woman? That just doesn't make sense to me. So as much as I want to defend him because he's not here to defend himself... 
I'm also like, but you don't have to treat people like that. So sorry, Luke. And backstory for anybody who hasn't watched your guys' season, let's give them a backstory real fast. So Kate and Luke were married at first sight this most recent season, season eight. Jasmine as well with her ex, Will. We'll get to that too. Right from the beginning, Kate and Luke, Luke recognized Kate, which has never happened in all of Married at First Sight history. And apparently wasn't into it. Kate, fill me in. Like, what happened? So I had met him before he was running a speed dating event, but I was just going to support a friend. And I guess the stress from the wedding and everything, he looked kind of familiar. I couldn't place my finger. So then he was like, oh, I know your friend Megan. And apparently like she has been to a bunch of the events and I just couldn't put my finger on it. And then when I did, I realized where I knew him from and I could just, I just could tell that he wasn't really, I'm not his type. I could just tell like almost immediately. Which is also the problem when you go through the assessments and your deal breakers, you have an opportunity to paint a picture of what you're attracted to, who you want to be with, I what did, your deal breakers Luke, are. Like I literally said exactly what I wanted in a husband and physically, and that was exactly it. Like if you saw pictures of my ex-boyfriend, people are commenting on Instagram like, is that Luke? And I'm like, nope, that's another guy I dated. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of answers one of my questions because I have a list of literally I have, I take notes before the podcast now. So I get like all the good questions and I have a list under my burning questions that I need to know that I wasn't able to find out on Unfiltered. Well, so even before that though, because I don't want to leave this topic. So when you were going through the process. Okay, boss. Yeah. <laughs> The whole point, I think, which was a common theme throughout the show is that Luke couldn't give a straight answer on anything. He couldn't explain anything. He didn't answer any question directly. There was not a yes or a no until he was really pressured for it, which makes total sense because if he's going through the process in the beginning and saying, I don't know, I like this type of person. I like that type of person. It's like, okay, well, the experts, it's like a miscellaneous or wild card. Like they could do everything at that point. But did you know, because there there was kind of a similar circle, did you know anybody that dated him in the past? No. Has that I, ever come up? I did ask him about his exes, but it was like super vague and I don't really know much about them. Yeah. I know that there was this thing on social media, on Facebook in particular, where it said he's bisexual. And there was a screenshot of that that he had on his Facebook. I mean, that came out in the reunion and everything. Did he ever admit to like, sleeping with a guy or dating a guy or uh no when i first asked him about that on the honeymoon wait you knew way back in the honeymoon yeah wow. well so <laughs> i just asked because it says that he's in a relationship with this guy named dan what and that he was interested in men and women on his facebook and he said it was a joke that is not something anybody ever jokes about yeah i right? think it's 2019 we don't joke about you're an adult you're like 30 years old yeah. you don't joke about no. being gay especially if you have gay friends it's not that's yeah, like not funny to your friends. friends are gay so i couldn't understand the joke yeah. so that i still just i'm confused yeah wow i think we all were <laughs> i think we and, all are um, still a little and, bit <laughs> and jasmine you too did you talk to will about any of his exes or any past relationships like do you feel like the experts got it right based on that i mean there's so much behind pairing two people together do you feel mm -hmm. like will was i mean kate was like that's my man that's exactly what i go mm -hmm. for but was will like your type he like wasn't my type when i first saw him i feel like i may have kind of like gotten myself kind of messed up i guess because I just remember Pastor Kyle asking me, like, well, 
you know, the day is here and it's your wedding day. Like, what does your husband look like? And I feel like I can see how they would pick Will because what I described, I'm like, I don't mind if he has a beard and I'm not really too keen on complexion. Like, I don't care about complexion. And the only thing that I asked for really was that for a person to be outgoing because I'm like, I have a really outgoing personality. I think I'll get along with anyone. Your husband, Will, was not very outgoing. No. (laughs) And then the other thing I said was, I like a taller guy and I like a more stocky build. So I think that was like a little bit missed too, because we were like, he's taller than me, but like almost still like the same height. I wear heels a lot. So, and then like being stocky, he's more skinny. So I'm just like, okay, but you can't be too, you can't just, yeah. I just feel like you have to look past that when you do this process that you can't just be like, well, that's my type. I describe it. That's exactly what I wanted. Or, right. you know, that's not what I wanted. Like you have to work through that because. I was just hopeful because I'm like, well, obviously there's a reason why they chose him for me. So I need to realize why that yeah, is. A hundred percent. I mean, I feel like mm-hmm. that's the thing about even for anybody listening, dating, like if you get put together with a blind date yeah. or you go meet someone at the bar and, they, and they're not necessarily your type, mm-hmm. well, you should still give them a chance because yeah. you never know. Like yeah. once you get to know the person, they might become your type. Yeah. Well, that obviously is close to home for for you. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) But it is a a double-edged sword because when the experts ask you these things and you have this image in your head, if it's not that exact image, there's a level of disappointment. There is without being, you know, if you're a mature adult and you're ready to be married, Mm -hmm. you get past that. You know, that was kind of us. We were both just perfectly in our points of our lives where we were, you know, Mm -hmm. able to give it a chance. But even Jamie, she had high expectations of what this could be and who the person would be. And when you get to that physical image, there's a disappointment when it's not that and it's tough to overcome. Yeah. On the other hand, too, though, it's like I always subscribe to the fact that if it doesn't work out, this process does teach you a lot. Mm -hmm. It does tell you a little bit more about who you are, Mm -hmm. what you really want. I mean, even Monet in our first season Monet was like, I thought I wanted someone like Vaughn. I thought mm-hmm. I wanted this. And Vaughn it, is the person she was matched with. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it didn't work out, but mm-hmm. she's much happier for it. She grew from it. And hopefully it's a, a learning experience, you know, because there is a Absolutely. light at the end of the tunnel for sure, especially for you, Kate. <laughs> okay. So, Jasmine, real fast, something was revealed last night while we were playing Cards yeah. Against Humanity with <laughs> Stephanie and AJ. And I was like, I think that the friends should know. <laughs> Jasmine, I feel like you're definitely not shy. You're very bold, outspoken, which I admire. I really admire that because it's taken me a long time to get to hear, like to be able to use my voice, you know, Mm -hmm. to like feel confident in myself. What shocked me about you though (laughs) is so, and I didn't know this when we were filming Unfiltered, my girl Jasmine had a Fruit Loop pot bar. And Stephanie said it wasn't just like a corner of the bar. It was like the whole entire bar oh and rookie mistake. <laughs> yes. higher than a kite, this girl. And it's so funny because Stephanie was like, yeah, when your boob popped out, you were just kind of like, oh, okay. And I was like, I remember all of this so vividly. I had no idea you were higher than a kite that day. What? I, oh my I, God. I, I, I couldn't tell either. And just a disclaimer in the beginning, it is 100% legal in LA where it you is, were. Yes. It wasn't we like were. you were in a different <laughs> state. It is 100% it's legal. legal. <laughs> So had you tried pot before? I had not. I think in college, somebody tried to give me a blunt and I like puffed it and was like, "Uh, this is not for me. Like, That's not nearly as tasty as a Fruit Loop bar. Exactly. So I had the bar and we all were kind of eating like different things. And (laughs) 
elaborate. <laughs> you can't just say not, that. Well, not me, but I, cause I had the bar and I think that because it was like Fruit Loops and it tastes like Fruit Loops, I think I was just sitting there. We were all talking and stuff. And I wasn't paying attention to how much I was eating. Uh-huh. And then I noticed like a little less and I'm just like, well, I might as well just eat. I'm not going to leave thing. a bite out. Yeah, right. So I ate the whole thing. I think we went to Dave and Buster's after. We went to, oh yeah, Kate left. Kate missed out. Jasmine doesn't remember who was there. Yes, I don't. I Jasmine can't. Was there. I Jasmine's thought, story may not be straight. I thought she, Kate was there. <laughs> it was actually Luke that was there. Probably, right? <laughs> Surprisingly, guess who else missed out on that one? Will, he's asleep. But anyway, so <laughs> seriously, he was asleep. I do remember uh, that. I picture him asleep with a book on his chest <laughs> and like glasses on the side of the bed. <laughs> he doesn't read those weird. But anyway, he so. wants intellectual conversations, but he doesn't read. Or he doesn't elaborate what that means. Anyway. So we went to, I believe it was Dave and Buster's, I think. And I remember AJ just saying like, where's the bar? Or like, you ate that whole thing. And I was just like, yeah. He was just like, holy, you're going to be messed up. So I was just like getting nervous. Like, oh my God, is that's that like a lot? Thing. That's the worst thing to say. To I someone. just, yeah. I know. So yeah. like, this is supposed to calm me down, but I'm like no, really yeah. anxious right now. I like to play pool. So I remember us playing pool. I remember trying to like get myself to focus, but it just wasn't working. You can't blame that on your loss last night. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Rematch, okay? I want to rematch. For the record, there was a wall in my way, and that totally made me lose. But anyway. Home court <laughs> advantage. <laughs> to clarify, they were playing pool last night, and Jasmine lost? Because of the wall. Right. There is a wall. I won't gloat. <laughs> and then he came up and said, I'm the winner! <laughs> winner! <laughs> but yes, I don't know. I just, I can't remember the night too much. I just know that the whole time we were filming unfiltered, I was like sleep and then I would wake up. I remember the producer saying to me, like, Jasmine, like, open your eyes. And I'm like, I thought they were open. Like, yes. I couldn't, I couldn't was, tell. Yeah. Um, good. We watched and I couldn't tell. But at it's all. funny because Christine texted me and she was just like, oh my God. She was like, I'm watching it. She was just like, I totally see. She was like, you are gone. But, but nobody, she's like, only because I know what happened. And I was sitting in the room with you and you answered the questions. I do remember your, your boob popping out though. And just, you just kind of like, oh, what? <laughs> I don't even remember that. That'll be in the bloopers that come out. Yeah. I remember it needing to be taped. I yeah, don't remember it wasn't like it your whole boob. Like, it was like cleavage. Yeah. For you, Kate, during the whole season, there's, I'm sure, alcohol involved in a lot of the dinners and going out. And, you know, we kind of went through that. Was there ever kind of a, a breakdown in just like a real conversation with Luke? Like when you get drunk, you know, how you can kind of speak more openly or more honestly. And was there ever that like, did he drink? Did you drink? And was there ever that kind of deep talk when you were both drunk? I have been thinking about this because I always like still wonder like why he always brought it up. And I was actually thinking about it last night. I think one of the reasons that he didn't when we were drinking was because it leads to those open, honest conversations. And I would ask questions. I would want to talk about things. I'd be like, okay, so if you're not attracted to me, is this going to change? Like, what are we still doing here? Mm -hmm. Like, we need to talk about this. You don't seem happy. I'm not happy. And any kind of like open conversation that we would have, he didn't like it. And I feel like that was just another connection to why he didn't like when I drank. That makes sense. 
But okay. So speaking of that, I wanted to ask you something. I like the only thing that I've been dying to ask you is, so he said way back when, I don't know if we ever clarified this. We never did tell anybody in case they haven't seen. So way back in the beginning of the season, he said to you after you guys had sex, that that's been like clarified now that he was repulsed by you and felt dead inside Yes. after having sex with you. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, do you hate talking about this? I mean, I, it's not I a guess nice what's time, the, what, no, I don't hate talking about it, but I guess what's the question? So, ultimately, so is that like really what happened then? You guys had sex and then he, he said that to you and then he went to the bathroom crying, right? So, he tells it differently, but we had had sex the night before. And then the next day we were in bed together cuddling and I went to kiss him and he seemed a little bit off. So I stopped and I pulled away and I said, are you okay? And then he just went and said, I feel dead inside. So that was weird and shocking. So he got up and went to use the bathroom and I was like, are you okay? And he just said, I feel repulsed. I don't think he meant that he was repulsed by me, but he like felt repulsed with himself or with the situation. I don't know. I still don't know. But that's when the homosexual thing came up. Well, so I said, we need to talk about this. Your reaction to that kiss was not normal. Why did you say you feel dead inside? Why do you say that you are repulsed? That's not normal. And he said, what do you think that I'm homosexual? And that's which not normal. Weird, which is a weird leap for someone to take. Right. I mean, not, not so weird, but it shouldn't be your first thought. Right. Because either that or he's been bullied so much in his life that that comes up a lot. Maybe. And it's a traumatic topic for him. Yeah, I genuinely believe based on like what we all know I feel like he is gay and he's quote unquote in the closet which I don't want to say that I don't know you know the like the PC the the correct way to say it but I feel like he's not comfortable with his with his his own sexuality right now and it's heartbreaking that that's the case because we live in a day and age where it is okay to come out I love gay men oh my god like but that doesn't mean that people should come out I know you just said that, like, well, we live in a day and age where it's okay. It's really not. It's tough for like, people. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, family, it's family issues behind it. Like, every time a person does something, I always think about, like, the action behind it. Like, what would make them do that? So, I think about his childhood. I think about, like, his family, just of what we saw of his family. Mm-hmm. And I just think about their background. And I feel as though he's struggling with something I'm not sure what that really is. Like, I, I can't really put my hand on what it I don't is, think but we'll ever really know. Yeah, this, I don't. I don't think it's like so much in the closet type of thing. I think it's just him not being aware of it because he's never let himself like address it. Like, he's never been open with himself enough to be like, you know, questioning his own. I don't know. Decisions yeah. is Maybe weird. He doesn't have an outlet either. Exactly. And I know he does have a lot of gay friends, so he's comfortable with gay people being around him. But it's just very weird for me. I would say not so much being gay, but it's very hard for like a bisexual man to come out, especially if he wants to be married to a woman, because it's not a lot of women who would accept that. Be okay yeah. with that. And that's yeah. why I tend to lean towards he's not gay. Mm-hmm. I just think there was something traumatic that must have happened, whether it's family or whether it's something because someone that does have a lot of gay friends should feel 
a little bit more yeah. at ease with coming forward, especially yeah. if he has openly gay friends. But it doesn't mean that he should come out. And you know, yeah, and that's not, not will, our place I, to like call him out on know. that. I think that it's just such a douchebag way of reacting and just acting in general. And it's just a really hurt, shitty human being that would put another person down like he did. I don't know. I just feel sad because it's damaged. Like he's so damaged that he didn't even know how to, like you can let somebody down easily yeah. without being an asshole. Who would say that to a person? Yeah. You know, I just feel like it wasn't, and then I he, don't know what he was expecting. Like, I know they always show the clip where he's saying the last girl I dated was Spanish ethnic. and this other girl was some Italian and black or whatever. I know when he was the describing whole United Nations. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what Pastor Kyle said, like, oh, the whole United Nations. But I don't think that's an excuse to treat somebody so harshly because you don't care for them. A hundred percent agree. And speaking of that, though, I feel like this was your whole relationship, Kate. It was Luke. I don't know. I feel like he was just kind of. Maybe he didn't know what to do or right. something, but I feel like he was breaking her down the whole time to feel like... To make himself feel better. Yeah, or to yeah. feel kind of like better about the situation instead of being honest, using his words and yeah. saying, I don't think this is going to work. I can't move past just the physical, which yeah. would have made him sound like more of an asshole, but yeah. more of a reasonable asshole. Yeah, than like just, just like, like say it. It's fine. Yeah, because right. instead, I feel like, okay, so Kate, what happened? Because I feel like something must have happened because he says this to you and then you guys proceed to have sex. And so my burning question all season is, Kate, why would you sleep with him after he says such mean things to you? Take us behind the scenes of what happened from your perspective. I guess that was one instance. Yes, dead inside and repulsed after kissing me is mean. But when I heard that, I didn't ever take it that he called me repulsive. Right. And he clarified that. So as we continued as husband and wife to move in together and get to know each other, there were times where we both decided to have sex. And I just continued to try to make the work marriage on work the relationship and i don't know it wasn't all i'm dead inside and repose i almost wonder a little bit and correct me if i'm wrong but i almost wonder if he had a bit of a control on you you know because it seems like every time you guys would have a conversation and inevitably he would almost like be manipulative and like whatever his issue was he'd turn it onto you and then it was like, you're put on the defense a lot, like the drinking, I guess, like in the showering. And it's like, what are these things that you're even saying, Luke? So then it was like, he, I guess like you were just saying, Jasmine, like broke you down. And then you're like trying to make this marriage work. And because it is a marriage, you know, it is. Yeah. yeah. And he is your type. He is a good looking dude. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Like he's a good looking man. He can be funny and sweet. Mm -hmm. Like I know for unfiltered, it's not like he has like only these terrible qualities. So, and he was able to get it up. It seems. Yeah. Like, so how, how gay can he be then? <laughs> Wait, was he able to? That's actually a good question. We don't know. Was yeah. he gay? Well, we are. <laughs> I want to ask. Just, well, obviously. Mm. Ah, okay. So just clarifying. Yeah. <laughs> On a lighter note. Yeah. Yes. These are very hard topics to talk about. <laughs> yeah, they really are. But I think it's important to talk about it, though, because, Kate, I don't think you're the only person who's been through this. And I think you have now this platform where you can actually speak out and be like, listen, 
maybe you don't recognize that you're not being treated correctly while you're in the midst of it because you're broken down, you're being manipulated, and you're also just trying to make this relationship work. And for some people, it might be marriage. It might be they're dating and they've been together for umpteen years. But this is such an important time to be able to speak out and recognize these signs because you are not being treated correctly. And or it's just not healthy. It's not a healthy relationship. What are some of the things that you kind of took from the experiment, like as far as growing from what was happening and then till now? And like, what kind of advice could you give to others now that you're outside of it, you don't have blinders on and you could kind of look back. And the greatest thing ever about Married at First Sight no question, hands down, my favorite thing is that it is all documented and it's a pain in the neck while you're doing it. But when you watch it back, you're like, I learned so much about myself. So I'm sure for you, Kate, it must've been so revealing. And for you, everybody, it's so revealing because you learn about yourself and you know what's been edited and whatnot. doesn't matter. Like you still learn so much. What kind of things did you learn now that you're outside of it? How long has it been? Not that long, actually. We ended in November. You ended the relationship in November? Mm -hmm. Okay. And it is now April. <laughs> yeah. But the show has only just finished airing about a, a few weeks, weeks ago. ago yeah. So now it's like you're freshly kind of out of it. Okay. So I think after being in the situation and then after watching the situation back, I think I learned how I didn't think that I could be put under this spell but I feel like I was because I wanted to be married I saw a lot of good qualities about Luke and I kept trying but at the same time I was being manipulated and I think the biggest takeaway that I took from that is that I watched my dad treat my mother like that growing up for decades and they had just gotten divorced like two years before I got married and I would speak up to my mom all the time about the way that my dad treated her, things that he said just kind of reminded me when I watched it back. I was like, wow, Luke is a lot like my father to my mother. And I would always tell my mom, like, why are you letting this happen? How could you keep staying with him after he treats you like this? And I just never thought that it could happen to me, too. But then I watched it and I was like, wow, I crumbled under Luke and let all of this happened to me just like my mother. But, you know, at the end of the day, like I had my friends to remind me like, hey, this isn't, you're not happy, you need to get out of here. And then like the bride tribe and just like being able to communicate about your relationship to the people that are not your husband or your wife and tell them the truth, I feel like is so important so that they can remind you if it isn't healthy, you need to listen to them because when you're with that person that you care about or that is so manipulative, you can forget that because they're so charming or want to be with them. But at the end of the day, like it's just best to get out of that situation because you can really lose yourself, which I feel like I did for a while. Well, yeah. Also, it's a little bit different of us situation i think what also helped and you know i i know that there was the manipulation and feeling under spell but you were also a part of a very weird show and you were part of something that you could have without the marriage without the show you could have broken apart from so do you think that if it wasn't a show if it was a relationship like that do you think that you'd be able to kind of recognize that would you have gone and left earlier Yes. As soon as he said that he wasn't attracted to me on the honeymoon, I would have just left. As evidenced by this other guy who canceled a date over 
uh, an ex-girlfriend moving in with someone else. You're like, goodbye. So you know what, girl? Props to you for you got your voice back. I'm so proud of you. I feel like I'm, I don't know. It's just very revealing to know that I did not know that about your parents. And I think that it takes a lot to break a cycle, even if you recognize it. Like if you recognize it in someone else, you can fall trapped to that yourself. And it doesn't make you a bad person or a weak person. It makes you human. And it takes a lot of strength and courage. And honestly, I admire the way that you are able to recognize that in yourself and be able to speak about it, to like yeah. share with other people because it's, people like to like hide the ugly, like the, the ugly truths, like the flaws in us. But it's not, a, we're all just human. It's just, it's human more than a flaw. And so the fact that you can speak out about that now, I like just know you're going to help so many women. I genuinely, yeah. in men you know, so many people. So like, I literally have goosebumps just, so thank you for that. Thank you. For you, Jasmine, what do you think the, the biggest struggle was for you two? And even though for anybody that may not have watched the show every single episode, but from your personal point of view on and off camera, and then maybe what you've learned or how you've grown from the experiment. Um, I think the biggest struggle for me in my marriage was just trying to meet I guess like halfway with everything, like with our communication, you know, this is a stranger that you marry. So you are trying to get to know how they exactly communicate, especially when they're telling you that you don't communicate and you're like, how? But <laughs> so it's just kind of trying to get to learn their communication styles, trying to, you know, just learn their everyday routine as opposed to yours. And then afterwards, I'm always like a forward thinking type of person. So I'm thinking about after the show, like, how are we going to merge our lives? Like, I live on this side of the city, you live on that side of the city. So like, how are we going to make this, you know, a together thing? And unfortunately, in my marriage, I don't think that was like a thought of my spouse. Like, I don't think he was thinking about the time after the show. So which I think is very telling. And that would scare the crap out of me because I would be like red flag. Like, yeah, we just married each other. You better think about further than the experiment. Yeah. I know sometimes people and then even us will like comment on the editing. But I think a good thing that it came out was that it highlighted all of our flaws in a sense. And so it magnified. Bye. So now, you know, kind of how you didn't think that you probably looked. And that is probably like your flaw in a sense. So I've learned from that just saying I'm, everybody is not going to be open to how another person communicates. And if you're too kind of like assertive with it to someone who's very introverted, they can kind of like bottle up and go back in the shell. So I noticed that. So I think moving forward, depending on how that person is, I'll learn how to communicate with them based on that. But I was just going off how I communicate. Like, well, we're going to sit here and talk. And he's like, no. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, you have to learn from that. So mm -hmm. I think that it was a good experience in terms of just like learning other people. And I think if nothing else, it opened up the door to talk about so many topics, like the thing with Kate and Luke and like sexuality and like, you know, with us, I think it was communication and how you can support your spouse in different ways. So, okay. I, I think at, at the end of the day too, though, there's gotta be that attraction and intimacy is such mm -hmm. an important part of marriage. Mm -hmm. And when there's a disconnect there, mm -hmm. there's no longevity to it if you can't get on the same page. And my frustration with Will was that you were clearly making an effort to get to his side, to get to be like, okay, well, what is it that you want? And there was just no compromise on his end, or at least it, I couldn't see any. And it was almost like, you know, you're putting in more than a 50% effort and he's giving you way less to go off of. And I don't know, do you feel like he just sort of checked out at some point? 
I feel like Will definitely checked out, but like looking back, I was trying to figure out when I really was because I was just, I remember after I did the kissing exercise and he said those comments like, oh, it was awkward. I was so upset. And that night, like after the cameras left, I confronted him about it. And I honestly like call him fake and everything because I was just like, you have to be faking at this point. Even if it was those things like awkward and all that. Say that after the cameras, I was just like, why can't you just go along with it? And just we could have talked later that night and had like a great night based off that. I just felt like, I don't know. I just called him out for being fake because I was just so pissed at that point. Do you feel like he was faking it? I feel like he was, but again, I feel like it started maybe into week four, like before the anniversary. I know a lot of it was the filming process. It's stressful. Yes. You film like most weekdays after work and then like all day on the weekend. So I know he was like genuinely exhausted from the filming process more so than I was because I had a flexible schedule. I can kind of like make my hours at the time. So I was a little bit more open, even though I was working two jobs, let me just say, but (laughs) I I could do that. So I, I just felt like maybe that was the reason why he was so checked out. But then like watching it back, I'm like, wow, he really was gave up. Yeah. Like way before I even realized he did. I honestly feel like for me watching it as an outsider, it's Mm -hmm. almost like your guys' honeymoon excursion. Like the first time that he kind of showed that he wasn't all in or something was like when you were stuck on the ATV. Yeah. And then also you didn't want to do the mud thing or whatever. Yeah. Like that kind of made me mad, his comment about the mud because everybody was doing the mud or whatever. I like painted him, the whole front of him. I just didn't want mud on me. Yeah. So I know he was saying like, oh, I felt like it was a missed opportunity. And I was just like, well, I can say the same thing about the zip lining yeah and where you could see the ground like it wasn't even a really high distance where it was so terrifying and then once I was done he was just like oh I should have did it so it's just like so I could give you the same but I didn't say that to him I just said oh it was nice for him to you know yeah like bring me zip lining he knew I wanted to do zip lining I don't know I think it might have been that and then a lot of people make comments about the whole gender roles like 50 50 like he checked out there which but is kind of crazy because it's like, stupid to put a percentage on it. It really yeah. is. That should be a number for the couple. It shouldn't be a number as a standard because it's not always the case for everybody. It's not going to be like that for every type of couple. Mm-hmm. It just should be what you're looking for, what he's looking for. I think that like maybe a gentle way to say it is like you're looking for someone to nurture you, protect you. We don't yeah. have to say 50-50. You know what How though? about just having each other's backs and being on the same page? True. I mean, yeah. Last question that I have from our friend, Mrs. Krista33. What's next for you? And I know we were talking about Mexico. You got yourself a nice little dress from Mexico. (laughs) But what's next for you, though? Like, are you dating right now? Are you taking a break? What's going on in your life? So I am trying to start dating again. And remember, my whole reason for signing up for the show was because the dating scene in Philly is like the worst. I feel like so, you can say that like all over America. Yeah, all over the really world. Can. You really can. Like I feel like every city the girls are like, uh, the guy sucks. So <laughs> So boyfriend, if you're out there listening, yes, Jasmine is on, out dating. Let's go, let's go. So <laughs> yeah, so I'm trying to date. I feel like I just want to just be social. And my element is kind of just I don't know. I'm loving that the sun is like starting to shine more. Because I I don't know, I just live for the summer. So same. Yeah. So I'm just looking forward to taking vacation and mini road trips and stuff with my friends. 
hanging out with the bride tribe, going out. Which, by the way, we have to clarify, the bride tribe is the women from Married at First Sight season Mm -hmm. eight. Like all the wives are really good friends and Mm -hmm. they call each other the bride tribe, which I love. Can Mm -hmm. I be part of your guys' bride tribe? Yeah. (laughs) I have have FOMO. Can I be added to your guys' group text? (laughs) Yes. More parties. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, good. So I am going to be trying to do a little bit of advertising or modeling for different things like trying to do commercials or something like that where I'm like selling a product or something so I am in the market looking for a photographer I want to take like some headshots and just see where it goes from there I like taking pictures yeah so I don't know this is all kind of like just me thinking of everything now I'm still working I'm an adjunct professor at a local college. And then I'm well, what the director of a residential service provider on the main line. So still working, of course, but just trying to see what other avenues I can venture into. Absolutely. How yeah. about you, Kate? What's next for you? I quit my job. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I took a month off, but then I found another job already. So I'm going to do that. And then just trying to like explore my hobbies more. There's like a lot of things that I like to do like music that I never really share with anyone. But now I feel like it would be nice because I feel like people actually would be there to listen to it. And you have a platform for it now for sure. Yeah. Wait, music. These are things I didn't know about you. So both of you. So for you for music, do you sing? Do you play an instrument? I sing, play guitar and piano. What? I just wrote a song. Well, a couple, but. Wait. Yeah. Can we share your first song on the podcast? Sure. It doesn't have to be now. I'm, okay. not gonna, I'm not putting you on the spot, <laughs> but like, oh my gosh. Okay. So by the time this podcast, we always record, everybody knows like we share all the time. We're so transparent on this podcast. We record these early and then edit them. By the time this airs, do you want to share one of your pieces of music on it? Sure. It's yeah. on Spotify now. I just haven't. It's oh, on Spotify? I haven't told anyone. What? Yet. Oh, wait. Could, I only showed Jasmine oh, in the car. On I was going to say we can make an, an exclusive for when <laughs> yeah. this comes on. We can play it at the end if you want. And then we can kind of reveal it that way. Okay, cool. I did it. I yeah. don't know. And now, yeah! and now, are you single now as well? Uh, yeah, I am single. So for the guys out there, <laughs> what is the best way to approach each of you? Is there a pickup line? Is there a way to, <laughs> to break the barrier, so to say? Are you Kate from Married at First Sight? <laughs> yeah. Is that the best way to start I, a conversation? I, I'd like to know if, if you already know a whole lot about me. That would be nice to know yeah. because it's like a weird. I can't imagine dating after your whole marriage was aired on like national television. And not even just aired, but the most successful show in all of Married at First Sight mm. history this last season was yeah. the most watched ever. Mm-hmm. That's nutty. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say for the female listeners... Send your brothers. And your cousins. Ah, hey, <laughs> that's smart. That's smart. Single successful brothers and cousins and all that. But but I think you can approach me. I'm really like not shy. I'm not rude. I'm open. But just come correct, you know, like just approach with a, yeah. a nice line. Like, you know, I saw you. Hi, you know, I like to buy you a drink or I like to buy you fruit loop. Yeah. <laughs> I won't let you eat the whole bar. I'm protecting you. Yes. Only half of the bar. Oh my God. I don't know. It's just finding people, I guess. And it's not that I'm like in the house or something. Like we go out. I don't know if it's like a Philly thing or is it all over America thing where guys just aren't 
the approaching it's a type, different time. type of people because anywhere. they know they don't have to with yeah. the online stuff and everything true but, very yeah. true very true but we genuinely appreciate you guys coming on. i have one more question like, oh, another, what's the question? one last question knowing what you know now and exactly what you went through so everything you actually went through that everybody in all of america knows also would you do it over again if you had the same exact outcome and you'd be sitting in the same exact chair would you do it all over again jasmine <laughs> I'm like trying to hand the mic to Kate. I see you handing out mic to Kate. We'll get to Kate next. Knowing everything I know now. Well, initially, and I think this question was asked um, on the reunion, and I think we all kind of said like no, just because I was very naive in the beginning. I really thought this was going to be, oh, about love, and we're going to get through it, and anything, we're going to talk through it. And I just was so hopeful. and then. Obviously, it didn't end in the way I wanted it to, ended in divorce. So initially, I said no. But then when I think about everything that has happened and the friendships that I've gained out of this, even you guys being, I would have never imagined meeting you guys and just a lot of support and everything. You, Even though I think I was already grounded in my like self I don't know. Self-awareness. Yes, a self-awareness or like image or whatever. After going through a tough time is very helpful when people do say like nice comments and like, oh, I watched you and Mm -hmm. oh, you're pretty and you know, like stuff like that. So that's always very like touching to hear when the whole season, they're like, I hate you. So afterwards, I feel like so many doors are going to open. The sun is going to shine again. And I think we're going to be fine. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The next chapter is just beginning. All right, Kate, how about you? Because you really went through a war zone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think it has made me stronger and I would do it again because I think that if you want something that you should always just go for it. So I still want to be married one day. So I wouldn't go back and say like, oh, I wouldn't do it because it didn't work out. I would do it again because I still want to be married. A lot of the experience wasn't good, but I feel like there were some really great things that have changed my life. Like I feel like me and Jasmine and the bride tribe are going to keep in touch and be friends for the rest of our lives. I feel like, yeah, doors have opened that I can explore things that I love. And she said, meeting you guys and just like everything happens for a reason. And I learned a lot and I would do it again. So if Married at First Light came back to Philly, would you do Married at First Light again? I Obviously. might have to think about it, but but if I could go back in time, I would do it again. Okay. I don't know if I'd marry another stranger. All right, all right. Fair enough. Okay. So the moment that everybody's been waiting for, we're going to play Kate's brand new single. Hey, here it is. And you, okay. Thank you both for coming on. Yeah. Seriously. Thank you for we'll, having us. Yeah, we'll have another part too. Yeah, and for everybody listening right before we head to this single, I just want to let you know that you can follow both Kate and Jasmine on Instagram. Jasmine's handle is? Jasmine McGriff 88. And Kate's is? Kate Sisk 1. Awesome. And then any place else they can find you guys or? Really on Instagram. On Facebook, I kind of like want it to be just like family and friends. Okay. Same. Okay, so Instagram for both of them. Kate Sisk1 and Jasmine McGriff88. 
88. That's it, guys. Get ready for Kate's single. Oh my gosh. I can't believe Kate has a single out. Yeah. So you guys can go to Spotify and search for Kate Sisk and you will find her single. And I am so happy that we were able to play a little preview within this podcast yeah. for you guys. So the single is called Waiting. So if you go to Spotify and search Waiting, you can find Kate Sisk and her single Waiting. And by the way, she wrote this whole entire song herself. She wrote and, and played the guitar herself. Sang it all herself. Luke wasn't nice. <laughs> he is. Or maybe homosexual. That's not nice, Douglas. But it's not proven because it's married at first sight. Okay, so if you guys want to listen to this beautiful song by Kate Sis, then just go to Spotify and search Kate Sis or Waiting, and it will pop up on your Spotify. I literally added it to my Spotify. It but is a very soothing song. I just can't believe that she actually wrote this whole song herself. And not only did she write the song herself, but she wrote a lot of the musical instruments used in this song as well. So you guys have to go. I had no idea. I'm like shocked. Why? She's talented. I know. But like, I mean, I wish I could sing. <laughs> I'm like, I, I wish I could sing. I cannot believe it though. Like I had no idea. Well, Absolutely was, no idea. It was so great talking to, to oh my gosh. Jasmine, especially because it's so still fresh in their mind. And you know, the six month reunion just literally happened and aired. So it was nice to catch up with them. Yeah, it was so nice. If you guys want to hear more from Married at First Sight personnel, then let me know who you guys want to hear from because we would love to bring anyone on that you guys want to chat to yourself. Maybe we'll see if Luke wants to go on. Yeah, should we have Luke on the podcast? He actually already yeah. asked me to be on the podcast. I think we should. We probably should since, you know, we had now his ex-wife on. But what's really exciting for me is next week, I have huge updates for you about finding my father. Yeah. I mean, ginormous updates. I am literally in the process where I'm literally sitting here right now waiting for test results to come back from a DNA kit that my mom sent out and that I sent out that's going to be compared with someone. And, and I'll find out whether or not this woman is related to me from a paternal side. And I'll share all the details about all of it with you guys. And hopefully by then I'll have the answer. And so exciting. I mean, this is wild because more stomach, birthday and Christmas presents. Douglas. Okay, I'm sorry. You're so sarcastic. My stomach like literally just did flips though because my whole life I've wanted to know my father and this is just wild. Like I might have a, I do have a whole family out there, but I might finally know who they are. I mean, this is just my stomach. All of this, like the scientific side, all of it happened. It seemed like within a half a year. Yeah, it really did. I mean, it's just wild to think that I might know who my father is. And like literally in a matter of days. And if it comes back as negative, then I'll probably just cry the whole episode. So, well, either way, you'll have answers, which is, which is good. But yeah. I also, too, it, it does show the power of these types of services that are out there. I yeah. mean, if, if you have any question about anything, I mean, it's available and it's super convenient. And, right. you know, you can get a genuine family tree. Yeah, it's wild. So, yeah, if you want an update on, 
where I'm at with finding my father. I can't wait to share it with you. I'm yes. hoping for a positive result. So, okay, pray for me for hemorrhoids yes. and for finding my father. <laughs> and stay tuned to all the Hot Marriage Cool Parents content by checking us out on Instagram, Hot Marriage Cool Parents, or going to Jamie at Jamie and Otis or Douglas Hainer at Doug Hainer. Yeah, we absolutely love meeting you guys. So if you want to leave us a comment or take a picture and tag us in your picture so we can see you, you know, we love that. But yeah, we'll be uh, seeing you next week. I'll let you know how the hemorrhoid operation went and hopefully I have news about my father. Yay. Love you and goodbye.